Here's the danger of Christianity. It can become a comfortable religion instead of a life-giving faith. And so really today's message is not a real feel-good message. It's more like a do you want to grow up message. So I'll try to make it feel as good as I can and still instruct to do what God told me to do. How about that? Where do I need to grow up? Because it's more than saying, okay, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe that he did that for me. I believe that God raised him from the dead. And I'm not going to hell. We have a calling As Christians, when we choose to believe, we just sang it. It's no longer I who live, but Christ in me. And that's a relief in a lot of ways because now it's not dependent and it's not related to my past. My past is gone through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so now, but now I live. I was crucified with him and now he lives in me. There's a life that comes after salvation that quite frankly, not a lot of churches preach. We don't want to just get you in here and get you saved. We want to get you in here, get you saved so you can live. Because if there's not life, you know, what are we doing here? We'll just get saved and not go to hell someday. Oh, but if you want to be fulfilled, if you don't want to just serve a dead religion, if you want a living religion, he offers it. But it's a growth, right? We get saved. We get born again. We're three-part being, right? Spirit, soul, and body. And when we accept Jesus as Lord, the spirit becomes new. The scripture calls that being born again, which is great because as my dad used to say, we get regenerated. That means all those things from our past gets to leave and we get to partake of the God kind of life. So our spirit gets born again, saved. Some churches would call it saved, born again. It's it's all scriptural, okay? We get born again. Your body didn't get born again. I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but I've noticed my body didn't get born again. My mind did not get born again. I kind of wish it would have worked out that way for the body and the mind. At at gym time, y'all would be out of business. (laughs) I mean, but we start renewing the mind. The scripture calls it, Romans 12 calls it renewing the mind. Which means all those old ways of thinking, we don't have to think that way anymore. We have a choice. As we taught when we taught on mental health last year, our thought life does not have to be terminal. We now have choices and but we have to make a decision and that decision is ours you know God is he does not force things on us he did not force you to get born again that had to be your choice it had to be your will your growth it's going to have to be your choice it's going to have to be my choice I I read something the other day I believe it was Rick Renner that said this I'm putting it in my own words to sit in a direct quote But one way we can measure our spiritual maturity 
in different areas of our life is by our response to things. That was just an ouch. I mean, that was just a like, oh. I mean, we, and please understand, when we're growing in our walk in Christ, we mature in some areas quicker than we do others, just like a child does. They mature in some ways faster than they do other ways. And, and God is for your growth. He's not a mean parent. It's like, I can't remember if it was John. I don't remember who was teaching where they talked about, if your child falls down, you don't give up on them. When they're learning to walk, I think that was on a Wednesday night, you stand them back up, and when they fall, man, they come in. They got bruises from head to toe. I'll, I'll ask Chelsea, I'll say, I, how'd they get that bruise? <laughs> yeah, third child. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know, they fell down, hit their head on something. Christianity's kind of the same way. We're learning, and God is for your learning. Don't, don't forget to give yourself grace, is what John taught last week on Wednesday night. Don't forget to give yourself grace because God's given you grace. The, the trying to mature and the work of maturity in itself, he's proud of you. Just like you are when you're ch with your children. If they try something and they fail, but they try again and they keep trying until they succeed, you're not looking back and going, you remember, you fell when you were two. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember when you were two and you fell and you knocked over my plant and the dirt went everywhere? You don't tell your 13-year-old that. You know why? Because what they were learning was part of their maturing. So don't let the devil run you over and bring up your, when you knock the plan over. When you, when you tried to walk in love and failed. When you, when you thought you forgave, but then you went back into unforgiveness. Am I hitting anybody yet? I mean, love and unforgiveness. Surely I've hit somebody in the room with that rock, okay? Don't, don't get down on yourself and quit, which, once again, y'all should have been there Wednesday night. It was John's message. Don't give on yourself and quit because you, really, did we fail or did we try? Let's grow. Where do I need to grow up? I can tell where I need to grow up, where I need to mature, if that sounds better for you, by how I respond to situations. That wasn't near as exciting as the other, was it? Let's be honest. There's not a shortage of availability of God's thoughts and ways. We have a whole book, a whole book right here that is a different thought than the way you've been thinking. That's a different way of doing things than the way we've been doing things. And if you don't like where your thinking is taking you, perhaps you need to look and see if it matches God's way of thinking. Because his is successful. It's fulfilling. It's powerful. If you don't like the way your life is going, let's just get more personal. If you don't like the way your marriage is going, 
I encourage you to go to the book of Ephesians and look at how God said marriage, the heart of marriage was supposed to be. And, and when we do that and we're willing to give up our insecurities, our failures, their insecurities, their failures, and we're willing to move into God's ways, oh, that's when it gets fun. Even if we fail. Even if we fall trying. I'm going to change my wording. For many of us, there's not even a lack of knowledge. I, I, I've sat on one of these two front pews and occasionally the back pew when babies, when I had babies and you had to get to the nursery quick. Uh, for, well, in this building since 1985, my senior year in high school. Before that, it's been a minute. Don't forget, you're the elder baby. Um, it has been a minute. And that's part of the wonderful part about this message is, man, I look at some of the people in this room who watched me when I was an awkward teenager. When I was, please don't look at my mother during this portion of the message. When I was a spoiled child when my temperament had not been touched by the gifts of the Holy Spirit yet, the fruit of the Holy Spirit and I think you people watched me grow up now that can be real embarrassing because you know shame can try to come but I have found out that when I look at y'all who stuck with me through my years of learning to walk I find you beautiful. You know why? Because you didn't quit me. And you're not reminding me when I fell and hit my head on the coffee table. Or, you know, some of you literally, actually, I think there's only a two in the building that, that may have witnessed me in my toddler and elementary school years because we didn't live here then. But Tom and Karen Wilkins watched me a long time because <laughs> we came from the same town. Church, not only do we need to grow up, we need to let people grow up. And we need to be part of the process. A positive part of the process. So for many of us that have been in the Word a long time, there's not a lack of knowledge. But knowledge, knowledge without application is foolish. Knowledge without application is foolish. The scripture has a lot to say about a fool. The book of Proverbs has many verses about what a fool is. And it comes down pretty much to one thing. You can you pretty well sum it up in one thing. A fool does not receive instruction. Pretty much every verse, that's what it comes down to. A fool hears, they're told, they're shown, but a fool, see, there's a difference in being a fool and being ignorant. If you're ignorant of something you don't know, if you're a fool, you know and you just don't. 
We want to be wise, right? We want to be wise children of God. Knowledge without application, that is foolish. James 1 tells us that when we're hearers only of the word and not doers of it, if we don't apply what we learn, that we deceive ourselves. Self-deception. We think we're something that we're not. That's a powerful passage. You can read James 1 at at a different time. But another thing Rick Renner said that I really liked. Actually, this was on my email over the weekend from, from his ministry. Knowledge without application becomes boring and unfulfilling every time. Knowledge without application becomes boring and unfulfilling every time. This is religion. Knowledge without application becomes boring and unfulfilled. Why do people get burnt out at church? Because they're not applying what they're learning at church. Why do people get bored trying to stay on their scripture plan and doing their daily reading and doing their daily studying? Because they're not applying what they're reading. And and I'll put it on me too. When I'm not applying what I'm reading and studying, it gets boring. You'll drop it because you're not applying it. But what happens when you go to the gym and you start seeing results? Does it mean that you want to get up and go to the gym and work out? Not every day. There's just some days you just want to stay in the recliner. You got your yoga pants, and well, you guys uh, have your gym shorts on and your and your t-shirts. We women in our yoga pants and our sweatshirt, and and you you're happy there. But when you go and you start seeing results, you get up and you go. That's what God's asking us to do in His Word. Get up and go. I'm going to say get up and grow. Get up and grow. The mature take knowledge and they put it to work in their lives. And it begins to become exciting. Because you can see anybody in here that has grown in the last couple of years in your walk with God. Like where you can You can see when a situation happens that you responded to it differently than you would have responded to it. Oh, my goodness. I I got tickled at myself because I was, you know, just some stuff going on in the last couple of weeks with Wade's case. And and we're we're gearing up. We're in pretrial right now. and, And I was just gropping inwardly about a situation anybody ever gropped inwardly like I was by myself so I couldn't Rusty was spared I think he was out fishing and yes he does fish when it's this cold um and I I started I started to get ready for bed and and God just said I mean when I say God said for those new ones a thought came to me and I knew it had to be God because there's no way I would have thought it Have you prayed for those who are persecuting you? 
Have you blessed? Are you blessing or cursing your enemies? I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to work out. I don't want to put forth that effort. I don't want to overcome my flesh. Okay. Do you want to grow? Do you want to see results? Then you get up and grow. So I said, Lord, this is going to take a bathtub, some hot water, and a lot of bubbles. Because I'm going to have to be, because that's my holy place. i got to be near you to do this. And so I began to force my mouth to say kind words and bless a person who was troubling me. And by the time I got done, I was almost laughing about it. And I thought to myself, Susan Dawn, you have grown today. Because I knew where we were going with this. And you know what? I felt good about it. It may not be exciting to overcome your flesh. But it is exciting when you overcome your flesh. There is a work to it. First Peter, let's get some word in here. First Peter chapter 2, we're jumping in, I mean, yeah, chapter 2, verse 1. We're jumping in, even though this is verse 1, you know, the Bible wasn't written with chapters and verses. So we're just, we're jumping in here. It says, therefore, as you know, you need to look above to see what it's there for, right? And you can do that in your study time. Obviously, we don't have time to go back to Genesis and forward today, but I'm going to read it to you out of the NIV. He says, therefore... Rid yourselves of all malice. Rid yourselves of all deceit. Rid yourselves of all hypocrisy. Rid yourselves of all envy. Rid yourselves of all slander of every kind. Amen, you can go home. I think that'll keep us busy for a while. I don't see any need in going any further. You know, God does not do this part for us, although he gives us steps towards it. And you think, Lord, how am I going to get rid of this malice? This anger. How am I going to get rid of this wrong that's been done? How am I going to get rid of the feelings towards that? Susan, have you blessed those who persecute you? Are you loving your enemy? See, he, he doesn't, he's not requiring me to go to the cross. But he is requiring me to crucify my flesh. Because that's not what your flesh wants to do. 
Thank you for the one amen on the second row. Rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, and slander of every kind. He is, he is trying to mature them. Listen to verse 2. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. What? I thought I was saved. You are saved. Now you grow up in your salvation. You mature in your salvation. We're not just supposed to get saved, be saved from hell. We're supposed to mature. We're supposed to change. Maturity is change, right? Change in the right direction. We are supposed to change in the right direction. We take the spiritual milk, which we'll get some other scriptures on here in a minute, but the foundational teachings of Christ, the spiritual milk, it's what we start on. God loved you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. A spiritual milk, that's what we're born off of. We never forget that, but we do grow in it. We do let that foundational truth change how we live. But when people first get saved, John 3.16 is, it's milk. It's milk. It's milk. And by that milk, we grow. We mature. He says, verse 3, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. You know what? I see a problem right there in religion. I'm not calling Christian. Christianity is not a religion. It's a lifestyle. But in religion, I see a problem right here because people who are sitting in, in some churches don't know that the Lord is good. Very foundational truth is tasting to see that the Lord is good and yet we have religion telling us that God caused us to go through this or God caused us to go through that or God put this on somebody. Back it up, sister. John 10.10. John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it abundantly. That's the truth. So he says that you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Maybe you're here and maybe you thought God put you through horrible things. I want you to know we read something wrong if that's the story we got. Verse 4, as you come to him. Hmm. If you haven't come to him, you don't have to know it all. You're, you don't. <laughs> None of us do. Just to desire him. To, to see what he did for you. And to say, I'm coming. I, I'm going to go back to Billy Graham crusade here just as I am. I, I'm coming to you just that. Here you go. Do something with this. He's a happy savior when you do that. As you come to him, the living stone. He was rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also. What? You. You on the pew. 
you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, I I sat back there today and I thought, Lord, I mean, I get that we're a holy priesthood, you know, we don't have to go take our lamb to the priest anymore, you know, and all. We, we are now priesthood. We go to God directly. We can enter into the holy of holies. We know that we can come before the throne of God boldly. But offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, I thought, Lord, what are those spiritual sacrifices? Pause. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Romans 12. That's the sacrifice. It's our act of worship. That's what it said. That's our act of worship. That we would present ourselves. Doesn't mean we have to fix ourselves. but It means we present ourselves. Let the work begin. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. To be a holy priesthood. Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You're being built. That's the whole purpose. You're being built. You're being built. Are we letting the construction, the reconstruction, the renewal, the renovation take place in us that he's called us to? It's a beautiful thing to him. Because you're not just called to be saved. Go with me to Hebrews 5. Y'all got quiet on me to get it down here and walk up and down between the aisles to get an amen every now and then. Make sure you're awake. Verse 11. I think I did this out of the NIV. I didn't put it in my notes. I know it's not King James, I can tell. The these and thou's are not there, so. Hebrews 5.11. We have, once again, you're going to have to read above. Uh, To get the full effect. We have much to say about this. But it is hard to explain. Because you are slow to learn. Ouch. (laughs) But you know what? He can deal with slow learners. (laughs) The slow learning doesn't hurt God. It hurts me. He says in fact. Though by this time. You ought to be teachers. I know, right? Though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk 
being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. What's the teaching about righteousness? That you have been made righteous. It was a gift given to you by Jesus Christ. You have Jesus' standing before the Father God as a gift. You didn't have to earn it. You didn't have to earn it. You had to accept it. And then you let that accepting it change how you live instead of us trying to work out our righteousness. We live out His righteousness. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Here again, we have the mature are practicing what they've learned. Trained. Does that word mean anything to anybody? What, is, what does it mean to train? You ever do anything repetitively when you train? Do you ever increase in your training? I have never done this. But I know some people in the house that have ran a marathon. You didn't go out and run a marathon. You trained to run a marathon. You celebrated mile three. You celebrated mile 10. You celebrated 15 miles. You, ce- I mean, you, you train. God doesn't expect you to know it all today. That's a relief to me. But he does expect me to use what I know repetitively. And it may be effort to get in the bathtub and say good things about the person who's persecuting you. But if you keep getting in the bathtub and repeating and saying and blessing and praying for who's persecuting you. You're training. And then it won't be long till it's who you are. Solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ. And it doesn't mean leave them like forget them. He means build on them. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's a gift. It's a free gift of righteousness. You build on that. That's supposed to be elementary. That's supposed to be an elementary truth. But then you, you live out of that. You build on that. Therefore, let's leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity. Go on to maturity. Go on to maturity. Let's go on to maturity. Go on to maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death. And of faith in God. Instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, the eternal judgment, and God permitting we will do so. Constantly growing. 
Get a foundation established and constantly grow. Constantly build on it. This doesn't ever end. You don't get a, you don't get a certificate down here. We're, we're constantly establishing truths and growing on those truths. Now he talks about milk and he talks about solid food. And Brenda, if you get any great revelations back there, my little nutritionist, just raise your hand and holler. Um, I know you will, but if you feel it's something you need to, to share with me. What's the difference between milk and solid food? And you don't have to be a nutritionist to figure this out. You've had children. You've watched children. What, what's the difference between milk and solid food? Well, back in the day when they were writing this and, and everybody uh, nursed uh, their children, I just want you to know that when you were getting milk, you didn't have to put forth any effort. Somebody was spoon-feeding you. It was, it was very simple. It wasn't very hard for you to get milk. You cried. They gave you milk. You slept. Got your diaper changed. You cried. You got milk. Do y'all know that a lot of the religious world is stuck in this phase? Cry. Somebody spoon feeds you. Get your diaper changed. Get out of your mess. Somebody else getting you out of your mess, mind you. And you know what? That's not a bad thing. But you're just not meant to live there. Infancy's beautiful. It's a God-given thing. But we, we're not supposed to be there 20 years after being in the faith. We're supposed to have grown. So, so milk, it, it takes not a lot of effort to get it. Solid food takes some effort. You seek it out, don't you? You don't go home. Well, some of you do. <laughs> go home and your plate be set before you. Amen. He likes it that way, and I like that I get to treat him that way. Somebody had to, had to sow seed. My gardeners. Y'all sow seed, work the garden, and bring us the harvest. And we're so thankful. <laughs> We're on sausage jar number two right now. Somebody had to sow seed. You have to think. I don't care if, if you're driving through Burger King to get solid food. Somebody had to think to drive through and pay for it. Solid food's just harder to get than when you're a baby and you're crying and somebody sticks a ball in your mouth. You got to feed yourself. When you mature as a Christian, you begin to seek out feeding yourself. What you're going to partake of, what you're going to take in becomes a choice of yours. When you're an infant, you don't get that choice. Colson back there, I'll look at him. He doesn't get a choice what to eat, does he, Mom? Well, what you put in his mouth, that's why he may spit it back out. But he doesn't get a choice of what to eat. But when you mature... Mom will drive through town, make four or five laps before she decides what she wants. Right. She does. She was like, I just don't know what sounds good. So she just drives around in circles until some. She, has, she gets to choose what she's going to eat or not eat because she's mature. <laughs> Colson doesn't get that choice. So there, there's just this difference between 
partaking of milk and partaining of solid food. Solid food takes more maturity to digest. Oh, like when we talk about forgiveness. Oh, like when we talk about walking in love, when we talk about praying for our enemies, when we talk about keeping our mouth shut on social media, right? Solid food takes some maturity because it's harder to digest. You're not ready for it. We're not going to go back there and give Colson a 16-ounce ribeye. You know why? He can't digest that yet. He can't chew that yet. He can't partake of that yet. And so ranges ranges of maturity is is a beautiful part of the process. We just don't want to ever get stuck in one area. And you know that you got it, buddy. He says, give me the ribeye. He'd, He'd at least make good use of the bone, I'm sure. We can't try to mature people above what they're able. It's a stage thing. We grow in stages. And no stage is wrong. It's just wrong to stay in a stage. You know, have you you ever known people and you think, they're acting, I don't even want to give an age, because we've got different age kids that aren't in children's church up here. Who wouldn't be out here? They're acting like a two-year-old. What are you saying? They got stuck in a stage. And they haven't made choices to mature out of it. And so I believe, and y'all, Rusty can attest to this. When I'm at other churches and I'm talking to other ministers and they're like, how's the church doing? The one thing that I get to say to them that just, my, my shoulders just get broader and I just, I feel like the Hulk. I get to say, I have the most mature people in this church that I have ever witnessed in a body of believers. I, I don't know what else to say about you. Y'all feed yourselves. You feed yourselves. Do you, I can't even imagine what it would be like to be a pastor that has to go around and spoon feed everybody. Now there are those people that we spoon feed because they're infants. But please don't make me spoon feed you after 20 years. Y'all are different stages, but I see growth. And, and, and as long as we're seeing growth, we're happy. And I know if I'm happy, God's happy. He can see it even more than me because he sees what I don't see. This is a healthy transition from milk to solid food you know you give them soft solids first you know there's this there's this transition this healthy transition because milk isn't bad I still drink milk it's not it's not bad to still partake of righteousness you're just adding to it you're growing on it What's the benefit of solid food over a milk diet? It does. And you know what? That's so funny, Sharon, because I did put down, we get variety. Milk, 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 milk. Oh, y'all go home. It's in 30 minutes and have your milk. No, y'all are like, oh, where are we going to eat today? 
I don't know, where do you want to go to eat today? That's really how it goes after church, right? I don't know, where do you want to go to eat? Oh, no. Oh, let's, I don't care where we go. Well, then let's go to La Huerta. No, I don't want to go to La Huerta. I thought you said it didn't matter. This is the whole Sunday thing, right? I didn't even get that by the Spirit. That was not even, that was not even a gift of the Spirit right there. I've just experienced it. What is the benefit of solid food over an all-milk diet? Maturity happens. Maturity happens. Strength happens. Growth happens. Satisfaction happens. Right? I mean, leading up to November, thinking about turkey and dressing and sweet potato casserole. I mean, like there's this whole satisfaction that comes from this variety of of what God can, can provide for you to partake of. You can study one subject today, and tonight you can be studying another subject, and it just be so fun and satisfying what God has prepared for you. There's a fulfillment in it. You get choices. It's like, Mom, just drive around till you see something that looks good. You get choices. There is benefit and If you want all the healthy benefits, you can see Brenda after service, and she can give you the scientific side of this. But there is a maturing, and there's strength and abilities that come from different nutrients that feed your body what your body needs. And that's another beauty of coming to church. Your your walk with Christ is not just coming to church. But, But you can come and get a nutrient that you didn't even know you needed. You're just, you're just having a craving. You know, when kids eat dirt and they say, oh, well, they need minerals. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I think my kids just ate dirt. But there's, a, there's things that other people can bring. And you're like, oh, I needed that. I needed that. I didn't even know I needed that. There's this variety in meat. And it, it's, I love it. I, I love to hear as many options as I can because I discover things I didn't even know I needed. But I needed it. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We'll try to start winding down. We have a good looking balcony crowd up there today. Y'all can turn around and look at them. They don't care. They sit up there so they don't have to be social. I'm just just kidding. No rock throwing, Mr. Jones, from the balcony. I see you. Some of them like to be closer to their kids. Some of them came in late. Some of them just like to be up there. They can see better. But we have talked about closing it and bringing y'all down here. You can send all complaints or suggestions about that to Dylan. He's, he's the new kid. He's the new kid right here. Red hair, beard. See Dylan after church if you have an opinion about closing the balcony. You're welcome, Dylan. It'll give you some good, good experience in maturing. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. Here we go again. Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual. But I had to address you address you as worldly. You don't ever want your pastor to say that to you. Just, if I start off that way, just, ugh. But he's so honest with them. Why? Because he wants them to grow. He's like, hey, I can't address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, 
for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You know what he's saying? You should be. You should be ready for it. I've given you milk. You've had this growing time of through infancy. And you should be ready for something more mature. Verse 3 is really tough. You are still worldly, carnal. You're still worldly, carnal. What's carnal? That's functioning from right up here in your mind and your flesh and not by what the scripture says. That's choosing to stay how we are, think how we were, do what we were doing, even though we've heard differently and it should be producing something different in our lives, we're refusing it. That's carnal. You're still worldly. This is kind of what it looks like, y'all. You ready? For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? That's some symptoms. That's some signs. Okay? Are you not acting like mere men? Oh, you mean we're not supposed to be acting like mere men? Let me tell you a phrase that I do not like. I'm just human. I'm just human. No, you're not. You are a spirit. You live in a body. You have a soul. And we do not have to respond as mere men. We can choose to, but we can also choose not to. And this is the maturing of the saints. What we choose, do you ever choose wrong? Absolutely, not since earlier this week. Probably not since yesterday, but also did make some good decisions. I'm growing. There's a difference in having grace with yourself and being oblivious. Jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, you know, and there's these divisions. Are you not mere men? Well, I'm voting for, and I'm voting for, and we can't get along because of who you're voting for, who I'm voting for. Are you not mere men? I mean, this is where we live. This is what he's talking about. I follow this preacher. You follow that preacher. Can we, are we, are we, are we not getting that we can have a difference? We can be under somebody's teaching and another person's teaching and, and not have a war? <coughs> Listen to this out of the Amplified. However, brethren, I could not talk to you as to spiritual men, but as to non-spiritual men of the flesh in whom the carnal nature predominates. As to mere infants in the new life in Christ... I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not yet strong enough to be ready for it. 
but even yet you are still not strong enough to be ready for it. For you are still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. For as long as there is envying and jealousy and wrangling and factions among you, are you not unspiritual and of the flesh, behaving yourselves after a human standard and like mere unchanged men? Anybody ready to wave the white flag yet, or do you want me to keep going? You ever heard of growing pains? I'm feeling it. The message is not condemnation. The message is let's go. <laughs> let's grow. Let's grow. Let's, let's recognize where we need to change. Let's recognize where we need to grow. I'm going to recognize where I need to grow by my response to circumstances and situations. And when I know, and I know because I'm a spirit and my spirit knows truth, and my spirit lets me know when I'm about to open my mouth and say something that I shouldn't. Or I at least know afterwards if I, if I out-talk the spirit. Sometimes my mouth is quick enough, I think I... It's really, it's a close race. You know, just little comebacks come to my head so quickly. I wish they... <laughs> I'm thinking of one right now. <laughs> this is where we live. But when that little catch comes and says, mm-mm, mm-mm. Now, do not respond to what was said on that social media page. Do not respond. Your argument is not going to do any good. Uh, it's just going to cause controversy. It's just going to cause a fight. And when you get that, mm-mm-mm, delete, 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 delete. To be obedient to that is maturity. That's, that's where the Father's working on us, is just to be obedient. This time, be obedient to that. The next time, be obedient to that. And then it doesn't become such a fight anymore. It becomes who we are. We're able to judge what we read in the first passage. We're able to judge good from evil. Right from wrong. Do this, don't do this. We, we become able to do it. Now, I'm, I, I want to read you the, the definition, the secular definition of maturity. Maturity can be defined as the ability to respond to the environment in an appropriate manner. This includes the ability to control emotions, act responsibly, and consider the well-being of oneself and others. The ability to make well-informed decisions. That's maturity. A two-year-old cannot do that. If you take their toy, they're going to bonk you in the head with the nearest toy and say, mine. Why? Because they're not mature. And you don't let them keep doing that. You take the toy away from them and you say, no, 
Sarah had this. And we're going to share. Share is not natural. Share is a mature word. It does not come naturally. I guarantee you, Ayla Jane, when she's with others, she's having to learn to mature. Maturity. The ability to respond to the environment in an appropriate manner. This includes the ability to control your emotions. I'm 56 and I'm still working on that one. To act responsibly. To consider the well-being of yourself and the well-being of others. And the ability to make well-informed decisions. Well-informed, well-informed decisions. Our information has one place that it comes from. Because we're committed to this book. This man, I will say. We love our Savior. We know he has the words of wisdom. We know that if we do things his way, we may go through tough things, but we will go through them correctly. That's maturity, so we choose it. Amen? I really am thankful that you're kind to me this morning and that you let this be not just a fired up, feel good, here's our word for the year message. But let's grow. Let's continue to grow. Let's not get to a place of complacency. Like life is good. Marriage is good. So we're not trying to grow in our marriage. Our health is good right now. So we're not, we're not working on the physical. You know, life is good. So I can come to church and not come to church. I mean, we, we have all these things that we quit going to the gym because you fit in those jeans yesterday. Well, guess what? If you quit going to the gym because you fit in your jeans yesterday, next week, they're going to be a little uncomfortable. And in three or four weeks, after Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, and Super Bowl food coming up, you won't even look in the mirror and know who you are. Like, why did I let this happen? So we keep maturing in the word so that we don't go backwards. Amen? Y'all can stand. Thank you for your grace. Remember that some things are age appropriate. They're not throwing Ayla out because she isn't sharing. She's learning to share. We're going to use that grace with each other. New, new Christians come in. They may be 80 and a new Christian. Maybe 80 and an infant in Christianity. We're going to use our grace to help train. In fact, Titus 2, some of the women in the church and I are doing a little study on Titus 2. Calls out the aged to be a pattern, to be an example for the younger And that can be younger in Christ or younger in age either way. But we're supposed to mature. That's the point. So we got to get started somewhere. Infancy is beautiful. It's beautiful. 